pre-episode plug. If you're in the area in New York, there is a free retirement planning lecture for freelancers and business owners, pretty much for everyone. Um, But this is going to be February 6th at Freelancers Hub, 30 John Street, Brooklyn, New York, 4 p.m. in Classroom 3. If you're in the area, definitely love you have have you come out. You can RSVP on the Freelancers Hub website. Uh, if there's no RSVPs left, you can still attend as long as you make it before um, classroom capacity. But we'd love to see you there. It's going to be a great lecture uh, for everyone uh, that can come on here. Hello and welcome to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. I'm your humble and gracious host, Delano Sapporo, founder and financial advisor at New Street Advisors Group. And New Street Advisors Group um, is a registered investment advisory firm I created um, to really, you know, one, obviously help people with their financial advice, um, their investments, but also to provide literacy um, for people that I noticed wanted more understanding about finance. So that's the impetus of, you know, my firm and, you know, what I'm doing with, you know, my clients all across the nation, um, even across the, the globe. Um, a little bit more about me, if you don't know me, uh, if you're just finding this podcast at random, I'm from Minnesota and, um, you know, went to business school at the University of Chicago Booth and, and, and worked in investment banking. And while working in investment banking, I was taking on clients um, with financial literacy. I, I noticed people in my network just wanted to understand finance more and I knew I could coach and help them with their literacy. Um, and so I started, you know, taking on clients, doing that on the side and helping people with that. Um, and that was, you know, what helped me get ready to make the leap and leave and be a full-time entrepreneur um, and really help um, the people that I, you know, the people that I was coaching with, I brought on um, as my advisory clients. Um, and, you know, I'm really, really excited uh, to be doing what I'm doing. I love it. I love the, the clients that I work with. And I'm meeting just a great amount of people that want to learn more about finance. And it's really, really exciting times. Uh, what you can expect with this podcast is, you know, one, every week, I want to make sure people have a better understanding about a finance topic than they did prior to listening. So I want people to feel informed, um, feel less intimidated, um, and and feel like they have more literacy as it relates to business finance, personal finance, um, anything finance related. You could also expect, hopefully, an interview every week. Um, and we, we want to, I want to make sure that I'm bringing in special guests that have a lot of knowledge to, to you know, impart on listeners, uh, whether it be in their past background and their current pursuits um, in their business and their business ventures or anything that they're doing that they can provide some motivational um, advice, um, some entrepreneurial lessons, um, some career lessons. That's going to be um, the main thing that we would want to see. And then hopefully listeners take away from out of that. And also reach out to me if you have questions, um, things you want to hear on the podcast, concepts you didn't understand. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Delano, that's D-E-L-A-N-O dot Sapporo, S-A-P-O-R-U. And my email is Delano at NewStreetAdvisorsGroup.com, AdvisorsGroup.com. And so reach out to me, um, ask questions. We'll, we'll start a question segment as well where people can ask questions. So our first topic in our finance roundtable um, 
segment. Our finance roundtable segment is mainly, you know, to present a topic that I've realized that people wanted more, you know, understanding on. And we're going to talk, touch on that topic and try to break down that concept uh, for listeners to understand a little bit better um, and hopefully take away something. So first, we'll give a kind of a market update. Um, I use Mark, Robinhood Snacks for my market update. If you do not have Robinhood Snacks, I think actually let's break down a few you know, apps or, you know, newsletters you can subscribe to, to kind of get you up to date on some more financial news. One, I would, you know, Robinhood Snacks, they're not sponsoring this, but hopefully Robinhood Snacks, um, holler at me if we, if you hear this, um, Robinhood Snacks is digestible finance news. They give you a great newsletter, you know, every morning. First, I start with a market update. Um, and if you're, you know, looking at the one from January 16th, um, showing the Dow, uh, the S&P and the NASDAQ up slightly. Um, and currently, um, they're, you know, as you sit here in the afternoon while I'm recording, they are, you know, currently also up. And so the market this week is uh, looking to looking to be up uh, currently right now. And they gave a little tidbit on the U.S. and China uh, trade agreements with uh, phase one being complete and signed um, after two years of, you know, kind of going back and forth, uh, the, the first phase has been signed and kind of the breakdown that Robinhood Snacks talks about is U.S. getting more export, exports, um, um, also getting access um, to open kind of um, China will open, you know, access for some American companies, financial companies um, that were previously banned or denied um, and some other vague promises. And China will also look to um, um you know, get rid of some, China still still gets uh, most tariffs, but the U.S. keeping tariffs on three-fourths of what Americans import from China. So a little update, and that's something that people are keeping their eyes on from a macroeconomical standpoint, um, as far as, you know, people in the finance industry, um, and as, if you're someone that listens and wants to learn more, that's something you probably heard of, um, so something to keep your eye on uh, for the future. Um, and so, yeah, Robinhood Snacks is a great way to kind of get a digestible newsletter every morning. I also employ people to, you know, download CNBC um, app and that gives a kind of a market update, a quick update at 4 p.m. Eastern when the market's closed. And so you'll get a notification on your phone. It'll show, okay, the market closed at this. Why was that? Um, and so that's another way to get some um, information. And Yahoo Finance is a great way to look at stuff. There's so many different avenues out there. Um, it's just what fits best for you. Uh, but I employ people to start reading a little bit um, every once in a while on what's going on. It'll help, you know, help you feel more comfortable when it comes to finance topics. And specifically, our, our finance topic in our roundtable round segment today is when and how to invest. So this is something I hear across the board from, you know, clients of my, my firm and myself um, and just in general in my network of people that, you know, they're not sure when or how or, you know, what to do when it comes to dipping your toes in the water of investing. Again, I employ people, one, as a kind of disclosure, to do your research. Um, I don't subscribe to or, or tell people on this podcast of what to invest in or any of those sort of things. I'm kind of giving people tips and literacy on how and when they can kind of look into it and what those you know beginning steps look like for you. 
um, first and foremost, you know, when you're thinking about when, the rule of thumb, you know, obviously if you're employed with the company, um, you're probably, you know, putting away money to your 401k, your employer-sponsored uh, retirement plan, which is good. You should try to put as much as your paycheck as you can um, into that employer-sponsored plan, especially if they're matching, which, you know, people always talk, talk to you about the free money. You should probably be utilizing that. You should be utilizing that. After that, you're building up your emergency cash savings. Um, and that you, the rule of thumb is usually three to six months of emergency cash monthly expense savings. So um, you'd want to have three, six months of that, hopefully in a savings account. But after that, um, it's good to look into investment options after you have that three months or so of, of emergency cash built up and looking for investment options. I run across clients, you know, who have large amounts of cash and like, okay, I'm not sure what to do. And so, okay, you know, how do we look at that? We look at, you know, ways for you to kind of use that money or employ that money to earn hopefully a return for you. Um, and that's by looking at different investment options. Um, the big thing is, you know, one, if you're someone that doesn't want to do it yourself, you speak to an advisor like myself, um, you can definitely reach out to me um, or, you know, anyone in your network that you know that, you know, is an advisor. There's over 300,000, so I know there's a lot, but, you know, definitely reach out to someone that can help you with that. If you're someone that's like, all right, I'm not comfortable, you know, looking at this um, for my own basis. I'd love to speak to someone, so I'm very open to that. Um, and then after that, you want to look at, you know, if you're someone that's like, hey, I want to dip my toes into the waters of looking into how to invest, you have your three to six months um cash emergency expense, you're contributing to your employer-sponsored plan. The next thing you want to look into, you know, what are the ways, different ways to do that? You know, my firm's custodian is Charles Schwab, so I, you know, I think they're a great platform to use for investing. So creating a Charles Schwab account does not take long. Um, they ask you some questions to for the account application, but after that, you're fully able to do research, to look into different securities, um, to, you know, really, you know, tra transfer funds in and out. Um, but that's a great platform to get invested. There's a lot of platforms out there and brokers that do a great job of getting people invested. Um, if you look at a, a site called Nerd Wallet, it gives you a great breakdown. That's N-E-R-D Wallet. That gives you a great, great breakdown of the different places or different platforms you can use to buy and sell. You know, there's a lot of different fintech companies out there that are trying to do different ways of doing it. Robinhood is one people, a lot of millennials and people have heard of. Um, that's another great platform. Um, so you want to, you know, look for one that suits you best. The functionality works best for you. Um, and it really fits what you're looking for, right? So if you want heavy research or heavy, you know, just ease of, ease of use, you want to look at the platforms that kind of fit your mold. And then again, the next step is research, right? So before you do anything, before you, you know, step into your job, before you, um, you know, before you, you know, got heavy into working out or did, did a specific workout plan or, or diet, the big thing people always do is a lot of research. Yes, you can find some things offline that, that can be great. Um, another thing is talking to someone in your network that you know or talking to a, you know, a registered individual or advisor that you know that can help you with the research portion. Um, so, but you want to do your research on what you can do. There's obviously things like you know, stocks that you can invest in. And, and that's uh, obviously some people, things that people look at. What do you, people always kind of go for, you know, what they heard most or what they're seeing most on television. You know, that's the strategy that, you know, I, I don't employ to. I think people should go based on their own research and what, you know, they're seeing in their own research, right? So you want to do your research on stocks. You want to do research on ETFs, which is like exchange trade, traded funds. So you want to also look at those for more diversification um, in your investing and then you can also look at mutual funds. So the big thing when it comes to research is, you know, finding great 
resources that you find that the news is you know easy for you to understand that you can dig into and find some of the things you're looking for to invest um and again when you invest one you want to look at your what your use is out of that like what is your objective when you're investing am i doing this for a long-term investment fund am i doing this to dip my, dip my toes into the water so you want to kind of figure out what your investment objectives are and the next thing you want to look at is your you know your risk tolerance like you know one you know are you someone that's like okay i like you know to be less aggressive I want something that's stable, stable, preserve my capital, uh, hopefully give me some sort of return on my money. Um, then you're kind of looking at different types of securities there. So the big things for you, you when you're set out to do this investing is one, you know, figure out, you know, first, have you built up your emergency cash savings? Are you investing in your or contributing to your employer match? And then lastly, you know, what's your risk tolerance with your extra funds? What's your investment objectives? You know, should I speak to someone? Should I do my own research? Those are kind of the ways to look at this when and how to invest scenario. And of course, reach out to someone like myself if you're curious on more. Um, and, and really, you know, I also employ people to download some some apps that will kind of give us, give you um, a brief insight into more of the markets, into more financial news. That'll help you get more um, understanding into uh, what is going on in the markets. So that's our finance roundtable. Um, and now we have a special guest um, that we interviewed, that I interviewed. Um, and, you know, I'm excited for you to hear from Delia Folk. And Delia is, you know, with her mom, they're running a great consulting um, and lifestyle brand called The Style That Binds Us. Um, she has a YouTube channel, a podcast. She gives career advice, interviews. She's a public speaker. Um, just really engaging and charming individual. Her and her mom, um, affectionately known as Bibi, um, they run this, uh, this they co-founded this uh, lifestyle and co uh, fashion brand together and just been doing great things in that space. And I thought it'd be wonderful for listeners to really hear from an entrepreneur that's been doing it for over you know a couple of year or two and, and really left you know corporate world and said, hey, I'm gonna forge off and do this on my own and with, with my with the help of my mother and we're gonna really try to create something special for people to buy into and they've you know done that. They've created not only just you know the brand and the, the company but kind of an ecosystem and a network of you know people that really take to their advice and kind of you know listen to what they have to say and I think that was wonderful. So that's why I wanted to have them on. Um, so you're gonna hear an interview from, from them next but you know really thank you for listening and tuning in um, to you know, the Your Money, Your Life podcast. You get, we have a lot of special guests coming up. Um, I think it's really going to be engaging for folks and it's a different way of people to get their finance news. And I'm, I'm glad you're listening and, and thank you. Your Life podcast, Delia. We have Delia Folk here. And um, Delia, we connected, you know, via Instagram. I'd seen what you were doing uh, kind of with your branding, with um your 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 page and I really liked what you were doing and I wanted to connect with you seeing as is you had some great content that you were you know releasing to to people and um really I would like to hear more about the style that binds us which is a, a firm that you co-founded a lifestyle brand with your mom and so you know I'd love to hear more about that uh, what was the impetus for starting and you could walk through you know kind of your thoughts before you know you got started with your brand Definitely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Yes. I am so excited to talk money. <laughs> that is a fun topic. I was just kind of banging my head against the wall. I was, what? Oh, I was trying to figure out. I've 
been trying to figure out this new individual 401k account. And so yes. I was on the phone with Carl Schwab and they said something about the PE multiple. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot what that is. So I was literally reading the sentence and I like could not comprehend the words that it was saying. I'm like, does this ever happen to people where you read a sentence and you just, it's even though you've read it, like it just doesn't make sense. Anyway, <laughs> so I am the co-founder of The Style That Finds Us, which yeah. is a lifestyle brand and community for women who want to live a stylish and fearless life. Mm -hmm. And I did co-found this company with my mother, which is very fun getting to work with her. I started my career on the buying team at Barney's. Mm. I worked in jewelry, ready to wear and beauty. And she is a wardrobe stylist. And so we were working together organically. And then we ended up launching this company and all under the umbrella, we have a YouTube channel and a podcast, both called The Style That Binds Us, which you're going to be on, which is super exciting to talk yes. money, to figure out what is a PE multiple <laughs> and all of those insane terms. And um, yeah, so basically we started it because we each had our own blogs, so one way to start a company is thinking about, well, what are questions that people always ask you or what do people go to you for? So yeah. mom, what she was talking about was styling. So women were asking her the same questions when she was working with them in their closets. And so we said, well, why don't you start a blog so that you can have a platform to answer those questions? Because if they have those questions other women probably do too. And then for me, I was talking about how did I get into the fashion industry? What is it like when you're in it? And like, what does it mean to be an editor versus working in marketing? There's so mm. many different departments and positions that you could potentially have in fashion. It's not just being a designer. There's mm. so many things. But in 2012 or 13, when I was looking for a job, you I couldn't necessarily just Google and understand what that meant. Yeah. So I ended up leaving Barney's last September, mm. September, 2018. Mm. And we went to fashion month, which was my dream to go <laughs> to London, Milan and Paris fashion week. And we did that. And then once I came back in October, the style that finds us was full time. Mm. So that's when I started consulting with emerging brands to help them navigate the retail landscape, because I felt like I have just sat at a retailer for four years. So I understand how the buying process works. How does a brand get into a store? How is the money allocated? When is the best time to reach out to a store? All of those things. Mm. And I felt like I could almost be a brand advocate to help brands think through strategies and to help avoid heartbreaking and or expensive mistakes mm. and then since I have my own business and I'm trying to grow my website and my social media and figure out how do you can you bring your brand to life digitally so mm. those are some of the things that I'm doing with the style consulting but basically the style that finds us we created this fashion ecosystem that is a new concept so sometimes people get confused about the business model but basically yeah. we have the consulting so mom does the style consulting i do the brand consulting and then we have the content so that's the youtube channel the podcast in-person events all sorts of things like that introducing people to new and emerging designers teaching them how to style things whatever and then commerce because 
we are, the people can purchase our customers on our website or at the in-person event. So it helps one, the community figure out how to wear pieces and what brands to buy. And then it helps to support the brands because we are getting people to purchase their things. And we have the community. Yes. The community. Yes. That's a great point. Now, you brought up a couple of things that were really, really interesting. First of all, I hope I, and that's good that you looked up the price to earnings ratio. So hopefully, you know, now what it means and probably have a deeper insight to the literacy on that, on that regards, uh, they get into stores or maybe kind of grow okay. their brand or, or kind of, ex, you know, get further into kind of the, the deeper length of what they would look to be doing. Yeah. So basically we talked through pros and cons. I try to understand dream scenario this is where you want your business to go this is the success you want to achieve i would love to open a retail store i'd love to be sold in x amount of retail stores retailers or i want my business to be it it could be like blank number of sales for direct to consumer or just like a certain percentage of the business for coming from your own website so then we understand well let's then back that out from there and decide have a strategy for each because direct to consumer and wholesale it's kind of separate so there's lots and lots and lots of different things and it's tailored to the brand mm-hmm. and thinking through based on their strategies and what level of luxury they want to live in and their brand voice Mm -hmm. and who is their target client and how Mm -hmm. can they speak to them? There's going to be lots of different growth strategies based on the age of their client and where that person is located. And so it really, you can't really have blanket statements because you, it is personalized where you have a conversation with the brand, understand what is their business? What do they want to achieve? And then how can we work together to make those things come true? That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And, and yeah, you're right about the, you can't have that template and blank um, blanket statement on that. So you mentioned something earlier, the community, Um, you guys have built something kind of cool. Um, you, you guys are putting out great content and the community has grown in that, you know, you have people that are engaged uh, with what you guys are building. Uh, how do you guys go about, you know, building that? What is the the future look like for the style that binds us and the community that you guys are looking to, to grow with? What does that kind of look like for the foreseeable future and in 2020? Sure. And then also going back to what you just said about the blanket statement, and this is interesting in both of our businesses, since we are, we have clients that we work with Mm -hmm. in the past, and we have heard of people that have similar experiences. If you have clients and you have basically like this template, obviously that's easier where you can kind of have these systems in place and you say, okay, every time I onboard a client and this is the direction they want to go in, like these are the documents I send them. Mm -hmm. But the client can tell that because a lot of times, like for example, the examples that you give them, they're like, well, that doesn't even make any sense based on my (laughs) business. Yes. So, and so with both mom styling and my style consulting, it is so super personalized. And like, yes, maybe the sketch, the outline or something is a little bit like, okay, this is the process. This is how it goes. But that is interesting 
that you asked it in that way. And I'm sure that you deal, I know we were talking about this yesterday, you deal with your clients in the same way. Like you mm-hmm. go above and beyond just like us mm-hmm. and really listen to them and make sure they feel heard. And it's not like, oh, you're moving on to the next section before they understand mm-hmm. and feel comfortable with what y'all have just talked about. So mm-hmm. that's something as you're growing your business, you probably already know that, but that's definitely it takes more time, you know, it would be so much easier to just like, Oh, this is the template. Like, (laughs) you know, you're just sleeping, making money, but, but people definitely like the personalized approach. So how do you grow your community and what's the future of the style that binds us? So growing the community. So right now this business, the style that binds us launched in April, 2018. Mm. And so It is just putting one foot in front of the other. Right now, we are still laying the foundation. And we definitely have a network of people that we know and continue to meet in New York City, Alabama, and then a little bit all over the world just from, I think, Instagram and and the internet in general. Mm. But it is in the laying the foundation. I think maybe at some point, it's kind of like we're going up a roller coaster before it right before it like zoom, like reach goes off right before the first hill. Like that is what we're doing right now. So we know that at some point, like something's going to click and more and more people will learn about it. But in the beginning of the business, when it's still small and you've just, it's kind of like you leaving Credit Suisse, you've just left a company with a huge name behind you. You can say, oh, you know, I'm Delia and I used to work at Barney's, but no longer are you reaching out and are 100% associated with that. So yes, that presents interesting challenges too, where some people you thought maybe you had a relationship with and now that you're no longer associated with a big name, mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe they don't respond or, or whatever. <laughs> so, so growing the community is truly, I'm trying to think of it in a grassroots way yeah. instead of like, how can we be scrappy and figure out instead of having this huge marketing budget where we're just pouring lots and lots of money into Facebook and Instagram ads, which I feel like people were doing, but that's not really sustainable. And it's also not necessarily a hundred percent effective. So my thought every day is how can I get the style that finds us drilled into the subconscious of every human on the planet? So there are (laughs) millions of different ways that, that that can happen, but it's one of the things that we do is you kind of have to spread all these tentacles. So a lot of people would start something, do one thing, and then kind of do that and maybe hire more people or who knows how how it would go. But we just did it all at once. For better or for worse, that's what we did. So I said, I want to launch a YouTube channel and a podcast. We've started this company. Oh, now we're hosting events. Now we're doing so-and-so. We have a newsletter and we have all these different touch points and it's just two people. Sometimes we'll have an intern, whereas some companies, you know, they'll, they will start a podcast 10 years in (laughs) and, you know, they have like a 30 plus person team, but Mm. in today's landscape, you kind of have to, there's so much information coming at people all day, every day. And so the reason that I have a targeted approach where I message, say different things per platform, the content is specific to the platform, but I'll post on Twitter, Facebook, 
Pinterest, all of the things, because with these crazy algorithms these days, if someone doesn't see it on Facebook, well, hopefully they'll see it on Instagram. And even if they did see it in both places, when they saw it the first time, it was probably they're going so quickly, either just tap, tap, tap through the stories or who knows. But that's why if you can make it become this recurring theme, then they're finally like, oh, yeah, you have an activewear shop section up right now. Let me go check that out. So we try we are trying to currently grow the community in more of a grassroots marketing way instead of having to spend a lot of dollars on on advertising budgets the future of the style that binds us is very exciting we are super pumped for 2020 2019 was an incredible year with lots of firsts we got to go on tv and did a broadcast segment and we got to travel and have lots of really special experiences launched the season two of the style that binds us podcast and Mm. things like that so with the style that binds us this year we are really focusing on data So not going about doing things in the dark, but really focusing on what's working, what's not. How can we stop doing what's not working and how can we make what's working work better? So the future would be growing revenue, maybe coming out with some sort of physical product, continuing to expand our client base with my both of our consulting mom style consulting because she can do it virtually. Yeah. So it can definitely be in person, but it can also be digital. So she can have a client anywhere in the world, which is super neat. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what the future of the style of the finds looks like. Just continuing to grow brand awareness and really help to be a safe place. This crazy world today that we live in, it's uncertain. There's so much anger and it's just like, ah, you just don't want to say the wrong thing. Like it's, you never know what's going to happen next. So if we can be a place where you can come to either be inspired, informed, learn something new or entertained, have some sort of an escape or maybe like a positive message. Is it that you need a dose of energy, whatever it is that you need that day. We want to, to be that for you and to be the place come if you say oh I want to buy a jean or oh I need a new skin cream or something that you would come to the South of Binds and say oh well what are Allison and Delia recommending yes and then I we spoke about this last night the the mother-daughter duo what how did that come about (laughs) oh my gosh well yeah that was a stretch and it took a while so what was happening is we had our own blogs DeliaFolk.com and AllisonBrun.com and when my mom would come and visit me in the city. People would say they would see us together. Since we had our own business, we were taking like blog, we would take a blog class or we would just go out and about seeing our community and friends. Mm -hmm. And so people would say, okay, we each have your own blogs. I don't understand. Why don't y'all do something together? This mother daughter angle, you have such a great relationship. It seems like it would make a lot of sense. There's not like there are mother daughter, for example, designers, yep. but there's not like, and not that we're bloggers by any means or influencers or whatever, but there's none necessarily that we know about doing the blog thing together. And so mom 
was not about it at first. I was like, sure, because she was kind of coming on at the time when I was wanting to launch the YouTube channel and podcast to mm -hmm. bring our blogs to life via video and audio because your audience can get to know you so much better. If it's just a flat image, they don't know what you sound like or mm -hmm. your facial expressions or any of those things. That's fair. So that's another thing of getting in people's heads is if you are, if they're hearing your voice or seeing your videos or whatever, and then they understand who you are and what the message is that you are trying to talk about and get across that then in life, hopefully they'll be like, Oh, I remember Delia was talking about this one thing or like, what would Delia do in this situation? She would definitely go up and meet someone new or go to an event without knowing that you are going to know anyone there, but you're just going to go and you are going to probably know someone. And even if you don't, you can meet someone quickly. So women, even though, you know, my voice can get high and I'm from the South and whatever, but we are definitely serious about running a business and wanting to be experts and yep. wanting to be taken seriously. So yep. at first she was like, I don't know if we should really do the mother daughter thing. And then finally she was like, okay, well, if we do it in a way that is serious, that we're experts, we're actually the goal of the company. Everything that we do is the mission to help people to make the world a better place to spark change, whatever it may be. So once she realized that we could go about it in that way, then she was on board and people have definitely been receptive to it. And everyone, the first thing that we hear is, Oh, that's so nice that you get to work with your mom or your daughter, whoever they're talking to. And then the second thing is, Oh my gosh, well, what is it like working with them? So we did a whole <laughs> podcast episode about that. Love that. And then you mentioned the businesses and being taken seriously on the business operations. Obviously, you know, me from even just speaking with you a couple of times, the charisma is there, the ability to connect with people is there, the the track record, which is what you've done in, in corporations on the corporate world is there. It's a different ball game when you are dealing with an entrepreneurial effort and you're starting on your own, especially with your mother co-founding with someone. Right. Um, how does finance, or you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, of like how does finance play a role in that? Like when you look at, you know, maybe business finances, how do you guys make decisions when it comes to, you know, how you're employing um, your assets and then also just like, you know, how you think about the strategy for long growth? Like is there anything that you've kind of learned in the past year on, you know, the business side of things, the business finance side of things? Yes, so many things. <laughs> Thankfully. I went to William & Mary and I majored in marketing in business. Thank goodness I did that. So I have some, some sort of understanding of the vocabulary. I have at least heard of these terms. Yes. Now my mother, BB, we have a nickname for each other. So sometimes we'll call each other BB. She did not take any business classes before and she was a teacher and a homemaker and all of these wonderful things but she never really worked in an office so like technology and excel and all of these things are totally a lot of them are pretty new to her so yeah. <laughs> we're relying on default here and that is <laughs> I don't know a little bit scary but so we are learning things as we go 
for sure. But basically, of course, finance plays a huge role in life and business decisions. And we need to really focus on the finances yep. and making sure that we're getting in more money that we're spending. So one of the things this fall that happened was with, unfortunately, Barney's and Zach Posen, two mm. huge fashion casualties, two companies that you would think, I mean, they're so beloved mm-hmm. that no one would ever want that to happen since that happened kind of rethinking our strategy about how can we work with emerging brands where we don't put our clients money at risk yep and are they going to go out of business how can we make sure that we stay in business and with my consulting clients how can i make sure that they stay in business yep. so you really have to be thinking about it in terms of what money do I have in the bank right now? Not, oh, you know, in a couple months, like so-and-so may or may not happen. Mm -hmm. And you have to be serious about it. So we are super serious this year. Starting a business requires a lot of capital. And depending on the business model, you may or may not be bringing in as much as you're spending, especially in the beginning. So in 2020, for the style that binds us, we want to think very strategically about every dollar that we spend. Yep. And we have really trimmed the fat out of the business, and we're only going to spend money on things that are truly going to move the needle. So really analyzing and thinking through the lens of, okay, you know, there's so, so incredibly many expenses you not even believe that come up. And so you're just thinking like, okay, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Or like, I'm going to have to, in terms of finances in life, like right now is a time when... I'm not married. I don't have kids. So I can really focus on the business and be scrappy and try and, you know, not eat out, not take Ubers, like lots of ways to avoid costs, not get to go to Broadway plays or go to (laughs) ballet or just, you have to give up some things. Like I haven't been on a vacation, (laughs) not ever, but like, you know, in, in who knows how long and people say things like, Oh, well, you need, it needs to be a balance. You have to like take a break and have this work-life balance and all of this stuff. And so it's just, well, yes, that's true. But also I'm trying to grow a business. Mm. And some people say things like, wait, I'm sorry. Did you say you started in April, 2018? I feel like y'all have been around for five years based that's... on everything <laughs> you've done and mm. all the content you produce and all the people, you know, and obviously perception can be reality I mean, you know it may or may not but um basically this year we're going to be laser focused on generating revenue and figuring out the balance of you have to spend money to make money but also you can't just spend all the dollars in your bank account and then hope that you're going to start getting some revenue And so we definitely want to make sure that we're setting strong foundations financially and thinking about, okay, this is the revenue we made last year. So let's gold to at more than double, hopefully that this year. And if we have a certain amount of capital to spend based on savings and revenue, how can we deploy that in the best possible way? And how much should we be saving? So unfortunately, as an entrepreneur, and you probably know this, or maybe you're better at this than me, probably so, but Oh my God, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Edit point. Oh, as an entrepreneur, you don't know the answer. So you have to just kind of decide, make the decision. You don't really know. If I go to 
blank place because these really great people and important people in this industry are going to be there. Is it worth the cost? You know, you just, you can't say whether spending money on something is 100% the right answer, but you just have to decide and then, and then go from there, but making sure that you're paying attention to, okay, this is what we ended up deciding to do. Was that a good decision? And what can we learn from that if it wasn't or whatever? So, Oh, finances. It is a whole thing, a whole learning experience. And this summer I was determined. I was like, I am going to learn venture capital and private equity and financial terms and put together a profit and loss statement. And yeah, I love <laughs> this it. is a business and we are taking this seriously. And we need to have all of these financial things. We need to have business meetings instead of just like casual texts or whatever. So Hopefully that is coming across and we will continue. I just listen to podcasts. Whenever I talk to someone who works in finance, I'm always have like a million questions to ask. And unfortunately with that industry, a lot of people don't like to talk about work. So yeah. that is not great for me because they don't really like their job and they don't want to think about their job. And I am like, please tell me what's happening in so-and-so like if they work in finance, we'll make like what's happening in oil and gas, what's happening in healthcare. And they're like, are you kidding? I'm just trying to be at a bar on a Saturday night and I don't want to talk to you about that. <laughs> that's, that's completely fair. And I think you bring up a good point. Like when you are, a new entrepreneur and you are one, you know, building a business and two, trying to figure out the correct ways to employ your capital so that you have more runway or, or what have you or grow. Right. It's, you know, it's not only, you know, building the business, strategizing, it's, you know, worrying about the financial part, worrying about, you know, making sure you get the correct RI for every dollar that you spend so that you can continue growth, continue right. runway and to build yourself into something that's more viable. And you guys have seen me to be doing a great job of that. And also, great job of advising you know new start brands do the same that's what i think i think really resonates with you know with me and on what you guys are doing on, on that end and it's it's kind of incredible for that for that fact um so you, you had a lot of great points there um one thing i did want to touch with you guys on is you know if you could talk to the people because a lot of listeners that i, I would hope as we're, bring, we're starting off um talk to people about the i wouldn't say ideal client but we look back at the people that you've been working with um, and, and people that would may want to work with you. Um, obviously it's kind of, like you said, you're growing, so it's, uh, it could be a wide range of people, but what do you think, or if you, if you, some, there's someone out there like, Hey, I'm a brand, you know, you know, talk to them about what you could provide slash, you know, what's an ideal brand that would, you know, really fit well with, you know, the style that binds us and the services that you guys provide. Sure. So the ideal client, like my consulting is pretty much any emerging brand. Basically, the thing that I do at the end of the day with them is how can we work together to make your dreams come true? Mm -hmm. And how can we do that in the most strategic way possible? So that, again, we're not like moving around in the dark. So how can we make informed business decisions and make sure that you're not taken advantage of? And sometimes it's nice to have an outside perspective on the business because yep. when it's your brand, especially these designers, like to edit a jewelry collection or any collection, like each piece is like their baby. So they can't take it out themselves. I mean, maybe they can, but maybe it's going to be better for them to have someone come in and say very gently, well, what maybe we should take this out since it hasn't sold in two years, you know, yeah. whatever. So, um, <laughs> it's, 
helping them in that way. But basically, it can be any emerging brand that wants to have a business. So if you want to go direct to consumer route or wholesale route, it could also be a more established brand. And we could work more hourly just to say, okay, I feel like, or maybe just like, I need a website revamp, or I feel like I'm not doing a good job socially, or how can I bring my brand to life digitally? How can I better approach my customers? So basically any brand could be my client. And since I was in three different departments. All of these tactics, they can apply to whatever category. And then for mom styling, that would be any woman who wants to, who wants help. So basically we want to do the work for you. We Mm. understand that everyone, their life is so busy. There's so much happening. So let us take some of that stress off of getting dressed out of your life. So that, that like, for example, with mom, she'll come in, she does a closet edit, she packs for trips, special occasion dressing if there's brides. And so she'll like, kind of like the same thing I do with designers, edit the closet gently. Are you okay to give up this top? <laughs> I know that you wore it to your a date with your husband in college, but you know, maybe that is 30 years old or whatever. <laughs> so, um, so helping them so that they can go to their wardrobe or even when, when they think about getting dressed in the morning, they can just like look up, like, let's say you make an album and there's the photos. You just can easily decide to wear. How can we make it so that it is as easy as possible? And the thing that we do not want to hear ever again is, well, I, I just didn't go because I couldn't figure out what to wear. No, like that is horrible to hear. That is so sad. You had the opportunity to go to some fabulous event or conference or speak or whatever. And you didn't go because you were so frustrated. You went to your closet every day and you just thought, I see all these things that I have nothing to wear. So how can we, everything, all the content that the style defines us does, how can we make it so that your life is more workable for you? Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a really, honestly, well, that's what drew me to, you know, what you guys are doing. Um, obviously, I felt that, you know, just the, the charisma, what you guys are providing. I, I was, a, I, to be honest, I didn't understand it. First, thing you explained to me what it was. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. And the community that you've built, you know, they also seem to, you know, really resonate with what you're saying. So we didn't talk about this earlier, but I wanted to ask this. Biggest and funnest story from your time in corporate or your time with, like you just mentioned, the helping that client. Like, what is the kind of the funniest or craziest stories that you had from your time back in, <laughs> back in the corporate world? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, for positive and negative stories, for sure. <laughs> but like at Versace, when I, so I interned at Versace, I got to live in the city for the summer and intern. And the first day that I came, I think that Donatella and the Italian team had like just left. And wow. there was like Donatella salad in the fridge. <laughs> And, um, and the first day that I started the collection, I think it was the spring, summer, 2014 men's. So I was a men's wholesale intern collection had just arrived. So my job was to take these huge wardrobe boxes. I'm in my cute little outfit and probably heels to unpack (laughs) it, unpack everything, put on hangers and steam it. And that literally took me all day. And so I'm like, okay, great. This is, this is what fashion is. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> but but no, it was great to get to touch the product, and then so since I was the men's wholesale intern with Versace, they would have men's models. So basically, during market, the buyers come in, 
and the wholesale reps, you have the collection there. So it's a collection six months in advance and the buyer's come to see it and then they determine what they want to purchase mm. but with ready to wear and choose jewelry whatever they're going to want to see it on a person so the brand will hire model so my job so and it goes very quickly so like you have the looks planned out they're like okay these are the versace looks that we want to make sure that they see so they kind of as they're looking through the collection and having their coffee or whatever They'll see just the predetermined looks. And then the buyer will pull what they want to see on out of the collection. And this is all happening very quickly. So the interns, we're back in this little room. And <laughs> I'm like helping to dress the Brazilian male models, which are obviously very cute. And so the funny stories of like, can you put pick your foot up? to like put on the shoe do I have to do everything <laughs> like can you not do anything yourself <laughs> so that that was the internship which was incredible and I was just so excited to have that opportunity and then Barney's when I first started it, I started on my birthday I feel I think so maybe September 5th my birthday and and then I was like hearing these things like oh so I was in beauty and they were saying, oh, NARS, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a makeup brand. No, NARS no. 20th anniversary party. I'm like, oh, well, I, I, I want to go to that. But, you know, I literally just started. So I had to like <laughs> very gently just kind of mention to my boss, well, you know, is there any way, do you think we should go? Like, could we go to that NARS thing? And so thankfully we did end up going as a team, which was so fun. We all went to get drinks and then we went to a 20th anniversary it was my first fashion party so I was just like oh this is so <laughs> incredible and exciting and then along on the corporate journey just getting to go to fashion shows and meet emerging designers and meet even just the people that worked at Barney's and the yeah. executives and, and the fact that they would even know my name yeah that senior level people so it was just all has been incredible overall i mean obviously when you're in it every day you're like oh this is so hard or whatever yeah. i think the first time the first day when i came home Phoebe teased me i was like mom you know i don't think this full-time working thing is for me like <laughs> i am exhausted I, i'm not sure that i can do this and also i mean there's so many things i want to do in the city and i have to like go to work all day is this i'm not really sure that this is happening. I'm like literally laying down. I'm so tired. And it's 6 p.m. or whatever. She's like, okay, you're going to get used to it. And you have to get used to it. That's that's actually funny because, you know, people. New York is obviously a great place to live. And, you know, it's probably the place where you see people working the most. And I guess, yeah. you know, not getting enough time, like you said, to explore this great city. Um, but, you know, that's, that's actually really, really, really interesting. You mentioned another thing that was kind of interesting. Obviously, I know you are from Birmingham, Alabama, and you yeah. moved to New York. What was that like for you? How are you liking the city? Um, you know, how are you, you know, finding that change for yourself? It seems like you've acclimated pretty well and, and you're enjoying yeah. it. Yes. So thankfully, I had a small transition because going to school in Virginia. Yes. First, I went to the University of Alabama, and then I got there, and it was super fun, and I was loving it, but I felt like college is a time to go out and meet new people, experience new things, expand your worldview, and I was 
literally 45 minutes from home. And I was like going home to do laundry sometimes and like, oh, have a home cooked meal and then be back at class the next day. Like if there wasn't an event, some mixer that night. So I was like, mm, you know, maybe I should like spread my wings. So I went to Virginia. So that really expanded my worldview in terms of just diversity and how yeah. different people think and yeah. people from all places of different places from the country and also the world with the yeah. exchange students and everything. And then coming to New York. So that kind of prepared me. And I think my personality definitely, I mean, I can do both things, but I love activities and always doing something and I yeah. have lots of different interests and in, with different industries. So there's literally anything you could possibly want to do. You can pretty much do here. So I have my bucket list of New York and, taking cooking classes, going to the ballet or yeah. a Broadway play or whatever it may be. So I absolutely love it. I love the energy. One of the things that I didn't even necessarily pick up on until I came back, but living in New York, going to London, Milan and Paris and not even like focusing on this, but just kind of getting a feel for the energy and the vibe. And even though each of those places I'm absolutely obsessed with. When I got off the plane back to New York, it was like, okay, you're ready to go and be an entrepreneur. The yeah. energy here is truly any, at least in any place that I've been in the world, unlike any other place in the world, like everyone walks fast. They're so determined. When I literally look up at the huge buildings, I just think of like the potential and like the yeah. fact that, so much innovation and so many incredible people live here and you're walking amongst them, whether you know it or not, there's there. I feel like there's so many people that are interesting here and so yeah. many interesting conversations that people have. And you're just surrounded by this melting pot of everything. It's definitely, it's, I don't know. It's just incredible. I love it. The energy, the pace, everything is 100% for me. And I hope to never have to leave. <laughs> yeah that's that's same with me i think i'm from minnesota so oh know, my gosh incredible yeah so when i you know my parents make fun of me because they're like they didn't imagine me living in a big city and really really enjoying it but the, the same things that you mentioned strike with me is the energy the hustle and, and kind of you know the diversity of people of thought that is you know in this great city so those are kind of the things that resonate with me as well but you know I wanted you to tell people where they can find you, um, Instagram, Facebook, socials, where you're going to be. Do you have any exciting things that you should be on the lookout for? That's how we would kind of, I would love for you to kind of let the people know and give your plug. Yes, thank you. You're so sweet. So we have a website, thestylethatbindsus.com. And then there's the handles are Delia Folk, Allison Brune, and The Style That Binds Us for Instagram, Facebook, all of that. And then podcasts come out every Thursday on the Style of Binds podcast. And YouTube is on every Sunday, a new YouTube video on the Style of Binds YouTube channel. And we have a newsletter that comes out every Sunday and Tuesday. And then every third Thursday of the month, mom does a fabulous life after 40 newsletter. And so that she is trying to not make sure that aging isn't depressing, but that <laughs> there, there can be some silver lining because <laughs> per her, it seems to be, can be pretty sad. So Allison, if you're listening to this, you, you will be fine, hopefully. And you do not look, <laughs> I don't know how you say it correctly. You do not look over 40. <laughs> <laughs> I know 
like, oh my God, they're going to think that it's like a teen birth. But like, <laughs> I mean, she was 29 when she had me. But um, that is too funny. But yes, yeah, so Delia, my name is D-E-L-A-F-O-L-K. And then mom is A-L-I-S-O-N-B-R-U-H-N. And just remember that everything that we do really is the lens. I tried to pour so much as much love as possible and give you all the tips and insider knowledge. The South that binds us is all about community over competition. Just like yesterday when you were like, I want to start a podcast. I'm like, Oh, let me connect you. I have a podcast. So mm-hmm. let me connect you to the person who does mine. Like I mm-hmm. was not withhold information, you know? So, mm-hmm. so everything we, we don't just put out content to put out content. Like we oh, actually okay. put out content that has a purpose or someone has asked us that question, or we think yeah. that that would provide value in someone's life. And I don't ever want anyone to feel bad. Like in terms of influence or the reason that we don't necessarily think of ourselves in that way. I would, when we went to Paris fashion week, I was not posting a picture to say, Hey, my name's Delia and I'm in Paris and I have a fabulous life. So Mm -hmm. you're just at home sitting there at your desk. (laughs) Feel bad about yourself. No, like our content is, Oh, by the way, I just learned about this new designer or restaurant or museum exhibit or like, Oh, I just went to this coffee shop. I got this drink. I went at this time, like go right now or like so-and-so ends at this time. So we try to give you the tips and all the information that you would possibly need. But of course, direct message me on Instagram for any links or anything. If you can't find something, if you don't know how to subscribe to a podcast or you don't know how to find a YouTube video with older demographics sometimes they are like i don't even know where to begin so we're here to help to help with with all of that no no we like that's much appreciated i can attest to the fact that you guys are you know very sharing and very collaborative um and i think that both well to again the community that you're building so one thank you for being on um and we hope to kind of even continue this conversation to have you on again but you know, really, really thank you for your time. And, and we're wishing the best and continued success for the style that binds us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Awesome. Thank you.